You're listening to Wide Men Can't Jump on the Wide Men Radio Network located at anchor.fm slash WCMJ. This is a sports podcast based that talks about NBA, football, and anything else that can come to the sports fan mind. We stick to the educated and the diehard fans, as well as the casual listener as well. Our show is brought to you by New Taylor & Associates, located at newlawoffice.com. You can also check out our wonderful sponsors, Atomic Comics and Collectibles, LLC, located at facebook.com backslash Atomic Comics and Collectibles, LLC. Strip Cam Fun also helps bring you this podcast, as well as our sponsors at Stay Classy Meats, where you can use promo code WIDEMEN to save 10% on your order of the freshest meat available in the United States. Now, let's take it over to our host. Here's Nate and Tim bringing you this week's edition of Wide Men Can't Jump. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. It's Wide Men Can't Jump. We are back in the saddle again. We're back in the saddle again. Baseline, baby. Yeah, a little Aerosmith there, but we're back. And it's another week. I am the Prince of Parlays. I am Nate Bush. I am on board here. And joining me as always, the man who couldn't pick a winning hockey game if it bit him in the ass, it's the walrus himself, Tim Dombrova. For an all-expenses-paid trip to the uh, closest sheets to uh, Ed Boggess, name a member of Aerosmith that isn't uh, Steven Tyler. Joe Perry. Uh, name another one. That other guy. I dare you. <laughs> you said name another that wasn't Steven Tyler. I said Joe Perry. I win. Most people can't. Uh, I'm not even sure who the bass player is. Tom Hamilton, I'm going to say. You know, I, honestly. Uh, Joey, Joey Kramer, Tom Hamilton, and there's another one, and I don't know who that is. I used to know, but this has this been a minute. I might know it when I'm I I'm not the craziest it. Aerosmith fan. Oh, I like them, but not enough Steven to know Steven Tyler, uh, Tom Hamilton, Joe Perry, Brad Whitford, and Joey uh, Kramer. So who's the bass player? I, I, Whitford, I, or, Whitford or Hamilton? I'm pretty sure uh, Joey Kramer. It is not Whitmer. It has to be Hamilton then. Pretty sure Joey Kramer's the drummer. Uh, but I could be wrong. Yes, it is Hamilton. Hamilton is the oh, bass okay. player. So not only a, a awesome bass player, but a hell of a musical. Yes, absolutely. That probably went by Kramer everybody. Kramer is the drummer. Kramer. Also, past members include Ray Tabano, Jimmy Cressup, and Rick DeFay. I mean, pretty hard to be in a band with a guy who has those big old lips and kind of looks like a chick. Yeah, that's why it would be really uh, difficult to date his daughter because they well, kind of look eerily similar. Don't give me yeah, wrong. Yeah, I mean, Liv Tyler, Liv Tyler was kind of hot for a while, but there was always that striking resemblance to Daddy that was a little yeah, creepy. Yeah, yeah, I hear you. I hear you. <laughs> Boy, what kind of a basketball show starts or sports show starts out with Aerosmith trivia? You know, uh, like hours. This, that's this that's why. Uh, that would be that would be really. What, cool. What's the over under on whether Jeff would have known the answer to that question? I don't know about his music knowledge, but uh, yeah, I mean, me either. And it isn't country, so we might be in trouble. Yeah, that's all. That's true. That's true. Oh, isn't he pretty big on that electronic uh, rap dance scene? Doesn't he DJ quite a bit? <laughs> DJ DJ Jeffy P coming at you. I can P. see Bogus doing that. You know. I can see Bogus doing anything. Who knows? Nothing makes he that guy unhappy. 
In a, he loses he loses money on a daily basis, and he's like, life's so fun. I mean, well, we've got to talk about the uh, slide from hell. <laughs> go go for it while we're starting. Uh, and then I saw today. Well, the first that was pretty good. I for a brief moment, I almost accused Ed Boggess of poor parenting. Oh, you can't do that. Well, because for a split second, she's headed toward what appears to be a swimming pool. Oh, we've all done that. Oh, I can't. Some hell, I've done it headed towards a forest full of trees where if I would got in there and I got the concussion or worse. But uh, apparently that was not uh, very high on Giada's list, The uh, that last uh, sled run. But uh, I saw today there was a new one where she is... Uh, uh, driving her bike through leaves and uh, something about I do it for the I believe if I heard it correctly it was I do it for the whole world. Well, so there you go. Maybe uh, Greta Thunberg in training. Giotta Thunberg, maybe. Jeez. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> let's get back to let's get back. Okay, to come on now, you you know I'm not saying what's going on in my neck of the woods, but you know what is. So just take what you get today. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Well, let's talk, all right. Let's, let's, let's talk some hoops. Let's talk a little basketball. Uh, biggest news coming out of the past week was the naming of the NBA All-Star Team Reserves. We talked about the starters last week. The reserves were named this week. Um, and let me get to, let me find that real quick, and we'll we'll definitely uh, we'll talk about it. Uh, there's the captains. I know I shared this. Where where did I share it? Is the question. Um, stand by. Here they are. All right, the Western Conference. Here's your reserves: Chris Paul, Paul George, Damian Lillard, Donovan Mitchell, Rudy Gobert, Zion Williamson, Anthony Davis. Eastern Conference reserves: James Harden, Julius Randle, Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, Zach Levine, Ben Simmons. Nikola Vucevic. Now, there's been a lot of talk, and I've been one of them, talking about the snubs, right? Okay, but before you do that. All right, go ahead. All right, if there is indeed snubs, who are you taking off the list? Oh, easily. All right, well, but that needs to be addressed. I mean, a lot of people talk about, well, this guy should have been here, and this guy should have been here. All right, then who who's coming off the list? Because obviously okay. someone has to go. So I first mean, guy I'm taking off is Ben Simmons. Um, I can't Peace. really argue with that one too hard. I don't know where he fits in statistically. Okay, uh, to look up, and I I discussed this later with our get one of the guests on the show, Scott Agnes. Uh, we talk a little bit about this, but I want to go ahead and mention it. Ben Simmons did not in any way average anywhere close to what DeMontis Sabonis averaged in terms of, you know, just averages on the season. Ben Simmons' average right now in games is 15.7 points per game, 8.3 rebounds, 7.9 assists. Not terrible. No, obviously, but it gets you three solid categories. What, what, are those, what, are, what are those numbers? How do those numbers stack up against LaMelo? Well, hold on. Here's DeMontis Sabonis. Here's his averages. 21.5 points per game. 11.6 rebounds per game. 5.7 assists per game. 
I mean, it's not even close. The guy is crushing Ben Simmons in every way, shape, or form on the court. It's not even close. Another snub from the East. I've only really got two snubs from the East. The other one is Trey Young. Trey Young not making it is is just ridiculous. 27 points per game. Let me repeat that for anybody that missed it. 27 points okay, per game. And, and I, I don't dispute that. I'm just saying, all right, if you're taking Simmons off. 9.6 assists okay, per yeah, game. You, but again, all right, so you're taking Sabonis for Simmons. Fine. Actually, you know what? I'll take Sabonis, and I'll switch him out for uh, Jalen Brown. I take Jalen Brown off Sabonis in. I take Simmons off Trey Young in. See, again, when I saw the list, part of me went okay. I don't see any like, like how okay every like it happens in baseball quite often where there's one player and everybody goes okay how in the hell is he. Like the guy, the guy's guy's been injured the entire season, and yet he's somehow on the All Star ballot and stuff like that. Yeah, um, I didn't see anybody that was like, okay, there's just absolutely no way this person should be on there. But okay, the Simmons argument, all right, I got no issue with that one. Why does I mean, why are they having the like not the actual? Okay, we know they have a game for money. But if you want people to watch, doesn't it sort of behoove you to have a better array of players? I think Simmons being there is kind of a play to, hey, we've got, you know, this this guy's a star. We want to make him a star. Okay, but, He's, right, but all right, so you're, okay, you're a Timberwolves fan. Yes. Okay, so why do you want to watch the All-Star game? There ain't nobody there. For, there ain't nobody I there don't. For, yeah, you don't anyway, but as a, as a fan of a, of a player... Like, I thought it was very, I mean, I didn't argue with the fact there was nobody from Toronto on the team because I'm not sure they have an all-star. Van Vliet could have made the team. There was an argument for him. Over, like, to me, the main two guys that got snubbed was Sabonis and Trey Young. I felt those were the biggest snubs. I mean, there was some some argument for Jeremy Grant. He had a nice year. Uh, there was some argument for Van Vliet. I, but the, to me, Trey Young. Yeah, that Trae one Young doesn't. That one doesn't tear me up, but then I'm sitting and going, okay, it's the only Canadian franchise you have. It might be the only reason why anybody north of the border bothers to turn into the game. And maybe they don't care whether anybody does or not. Can't dispute that either. But you lose a lot of your casuals when you don't have every team represented. Maybe. more. Believe it or not, the more casuals would just want to watch the stars. They're not looking for teams, per se. They're looking for yeah, stars. Well, I, mean, I'm, I, are, I mean, it could be right. The demographics might back that up. I just think if you really want to have an all-star game where you're showcasing your league, you can figure out a way. Maybe there's just too many. I mean, you don't really get to use a lot of players in a basketball game. That's also part of the problem. Um, you know, hockey, you have to have, they have to have a guy from every franchise. Hmm. And they figure out a way to do it because that does okay, like for instance, this year, where is the game? Atlanta. Okay, this year it doesn't matter. <laughs> Trey Young plays yeah, okay, for but, but this year it doesn't matter because there isn't going to be anybody there anyway. Or very few people if they let a few people yes. in. But generally speaking, that you know, they do tend I don't know about basketball so much. Hockey does tend to put the all star games in the places where they're trying to grow the game. So if you're trying to grow the game, but you don't have the local hero in the game. Yeah. 
I mean, I was kind of looking at that too. You know, Trey Young plays for Atlanta, gets snubbed. Uh, And and for those types of franchises, I mean, it is maybe one of the highlights of the season because, you know, you're probably not looking at a playoff spot. You know, no chance of winning the championship or anything like that. So, well, at least we we got the all-star game and our local guy was in it and did well. So we felt good about the franchise going forward or something to that effect. I don't know. But I said, I didn't really see anything that really was like a holy... I was a little surprised Devin Booker wasn't named to this. Uh, that makes everybody. Uh, um, Devin Booker wasn't named. Not sure who he, who he angered. Someone, because <laughs> that was a coach vote that didn't get him in. Yeah, I, there's no but, respect for but, Devin Booker, man. It's it's kind of ridiculous. Now, as we talked off air, I mean, he did get on the team because he took Davis's spot, but for yeah, me. He was yeah. named as the replacement for, for Francis me, Davis. You know what? I think I'd be tempted to tell him no thanks. Maybe. I mean, I would put him in over Gobert, personally. I know Gobert's averaging like 14 and 13, but uh, I would still put him in over Gobert. Um, I don't know about fair. Donovan Mitchell. I mean, maybe, but I think I think he uh, – Donovan Mitchell, I think, deserves it. I mean, 24 and a half – yeah, I, you there was a, a very good article on, in uh, on Sportsnet Canada, which I guess you guys I don't know don't really have. No. Um, but the Raptors probably, to be honest, can count themselves lucky. Nobody has to go. Everybody's yeah. gonna everybody's gonna get a break. Um, no worries about whatever you know if they're talking about well it's not safe and all that kind of talk, which I dispute, but that's been the argument from some circles. Uh, I think it's probably just as well that no, that nobody goes. Well, that was the talk uh, around town was, you know, a lot of guys are actually kind of happy that they're not going to go because it's not even a weekend, really. It's a, you know, you're there a couple days. You don't really, you don't spend a lot of time in the city. It's more of an inconvenience than anything. Well, it's not you know, like- The only reason that players would want to go is the contract incentive because I think, the, you know, if you – Make the team, and there's incentive in your contract to make it like an extra million or two. Right. Um, but regularly, though, it would be all right. I can I, I can go to the game. If I've got a wife and kids, I can pack them up. Uh, we make a holiday out of the weekend kind of thing or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. But that's not happening this time. So to me, it would just be a whole lot of boredom. Well, you literally got enough time to go to play the game, be involved in the festivities, pack up and leave. Yeah, and not to not be... really a vacation. It's more of a, a work requirement. Yeah, and I think I'd, I'll take the day or whatever the All Star break is. Yeah, however many days it is, I'll I'll take that break, get to go home. Well, actually, I don't even can't even say that for the Raptors players. I don't. Well, yeah, I suppose they would because there's Americans, enough time to go home. Well, actually. they're all Amer- they're Americans anyway. I'm just thinking that if you can't cross the Canadian border, like if you're a Canadian player, uh, you you can't go home because it's four yeah. it's fourteen days now. So, well, you can't get in even right now. So I don't know. It just seems I, 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 at some point I think somebody's going to start looking at going. Okay, why do we have these games? And if they're purely for entertainment on television then maybe we have to have a harder look at how we pick the teams. I mean, it, it's just becoming a... It's more of a festivity than it ever has been. I know the Elam ending really 
added a lot to it, which they're doing that again this year. Uh, which is well, cool. yeah, it is. Except that they had a perfect storm the last time. We'll see. If they that did again. Uh, yeah, again, you're right. I mean, oh, it, 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 could, all... it could easily happen, and it could be totally irrelevant. You know, that's the chance you take with that. Um, yeah. See, I'd like to see them. Maybe there's a. I mean, I don't know how you go about doing it. And this year wouldn't have been a good year for it. I'd like to see them try to like. Okay, this is where we may experiment with something that we're thinking about putting in as a rule. Maybe we play a quarter of this game with this new rule in effect, or I don't know, something to jazz it up because really all it is, is a three point shoot test. That's really three all. Three pointers and dunks, man. Yeah, That's what it is. There's no defense. No. So, I mean, as far as if like, if you really like basketball, it's not watching the game is there's no real enjoyment in it really. Yeah. Unless you enjoy know. watching your favorite guy, Score forty on uncontested, I guess. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's it's not exactly the uh, not exactly a highlight that I care for. It doesn't mean anything to me. I mean, that's one thing. So I don't know. I can see why the NBA wants it because there's always money involved and all kinds of things going on with that. They definitely don't want to lose that income. I see that. Yeah, no. I mean, that's a that's just become a that's part of sports business these days. Television contracts and all that stuff is, it plays a part in everything. It plays a part in college, plays a part in the pros too. So I, I get why they're having it. I don't yeah. know that there's a perfect, I mean, there's always going to be somebody who's on the fence of, should that guy be there? Should that guy, see, I don't like it when somebody like, okay, let's say Booker, for instance, he's my big one. Yeah. He doesn't get named to the to the team so that Brooklyn can have three guys on the team. Yeah, I mean, and they do. They have three right. on the team. See, that, there's where I think somebody from the league needs to go, okay. I realize that those three guys, well, I'm, I don't know. Have they all three of them actually been all-stars this year? Yeah, I'd say so. Kind of, but I, kind of I would not. Say they, I would say they have been. I can't. I can't sit here and justify that they're not, if that makes sense. Okay, but could you could you at least make the case that one of them is not Devin Booker? Well, again, different conferences. Okay, but that doesn't enter into it. It's a purely statistical, or supposed to be. No, I mean, I wouldn't put. I wouldn't. I definitely wouldn't put Kyrie over over him. I mean, even though he's a starter, I wouldn't put him in there. I don't know. It's just, like I said, I, I suppose they're trying to cover the, uh, you know, who who's going to be more upset? Uh, if we put James Harden, for instance, if he's on the all-star team, because everybody knows who he is, whether you like him or not, it doesn't matter. You know what he brings to the game and you know about 40 points and 32 threes and all this stuff. Or do we want a guy who's maybe... Like, I was looking, okay, for instance. Now, I'm not saying Zion Williamson shouldn't be on the team. But I don't know that he should be there over Devin Booker. Yeah. I mean, again, if you go by complete... If you go just by complete statistics, maybe, but... Now, again, uh, is that a case where the league is going, okay, Zion is first-round pick, first overall, all that stuff. We'd like him to be, we already missed out because he got hurt. 
So we want to showcase this guy. So he's on. We're putting him on the team. I mean, potentially. I mean, it could be. It's probably a part of it. I mean, and probably, I guess, if the purpose is to fulfill a television contract and all that, then it's probably how it should be. Probably. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I mean, there was. I just thought it was odd because I think there was what seven teams that didn't have any, or was it thirteen teams? It's quite I a honestly, few that don't have one. Honestly, I didn't see it. Like, I didn't see the number exactly. Because I know it's, who is it? Fourth, uh, uh, Toronto and whoever is the, the spot ahead of them. The Pacers? Uh, yeah, the Pacers didn't have anybody because yeah, Simonis anybody. didn't make it. Okay, so it is a little odd to me that the fourth and fifth ranked teams in the division don't have an all-star representative. But the, but the sixth ranked team has two. Yeah, so again... Now, if it's purely based on personal statistics and nothing else, I, you could make the argument, actually, you can make the argument why there's nobody from Toronto on the team. Yeah. Now, I don't know how that, as you've already alluded to, Mr. Sabonis, how you work that one out, but... I don't know. You honestly. can't. I mean, again, you can't keep everybody happy. Somebody's going to be mad. Somebody's going to get stiff. There's going to be at least one or two guys that are borderline whether they should be there or not. And at the end of the day, you know, it's kind of like that uh, 65th spot in the tournament. You yeah. Know? Somebody's going to. Somebody's going to get it, and we're just going to make as educated guesses with the stats we have, and go, all right, it's going to be these guys. And that's the way it is. So take it or leave. Yeah, it seems like that's just how it's going to be. Well, let's uh, let's look at a few more news and notes here from uh, around the league as uh, we dive deep here in this week in the NBA. By the way, did you happen to see the dunk Robert Williams had Sunday? Oh, my goodness. Did you see that? It reminded me of uh, Bogus slamming his head into a plate of fries. Yeah, I mean, it was, that was one of the nastiest dunks I've seen in a while. And also, uh, did you see the Anthony Edwards dunk that he had on Toronto, the uh, Minnesota Timberwolves rookie? My goodness. I think I, I, think I did. Um, are you going to – well, I'll let you bring up your news, and if you don't bring it up, then I will. How about that? All right, carry well, on. We'll carry on. Soldier forward, Nathan. All right, then I will. Uh, yeah, I mean, there's not been a whole lot of news. I mean, a little bit here and there, but, uh, we'll, we'll just go ahead and talk about it here as, uh, as I just lost my place. So I'm going to pick back up where I left off here. I was going to say charge of the light brigade. And then I realized who, who, who was speaking. <laughs> yeah. Uh, DeMarcus cousins has parted ways with the Houston Rockets. So uh, cousins is. Going somewhere else. In post, can you please insert boogie, oogie, woogie, dancing shoes? No. <laughs> dancing to... I, I like the article, because the article I saw is that DeMarcus Cousins can now pick whichever team he wants to go to. I'm like, okay, that's technically true, but don't make it sound like every team wants him, because they probably don't. Probably not. I mean, I heard a lot of people are saying this may be it for him. Nah, uh, somebody will pick him up. When you're seven foot tall in the NBA, you're going to have a chance. You're going to have more chances than if you're not seven foot tall, if that makes sense. Well, Whether that's they, right or wrong. Yeah, I mean, there's there's definitely got to be somebody who's playoff bound that thinks, okay, he's, we may not play him a whole lot, 
but there's some situations where we could definitely oh, see. I mean, you can him. always use a Boogie Cousins, as yeah, far I mean, as I'm concerned. I mean, does he have? Uh, has he got a reserve table at Magic City? Boogie Cousins has a reserve table wherever the hell Boogie Cousins wants. Okay, well, then there's enough reason to have him on the team. Exactly. Period. I mean, the Heat have been granted a disabled player exception worth $4.7 million after losing Myers Leonard. Uh, Miami has until April 19th to use it. So they're going to be able to at least pick up a player for Myers and Leonard. And if not, the legal transfer it over to the Nets to use for Kyrie Irving. <laughs> yeah, really. <laughs> Six-time NBA All-Star, two-time champion, Pal Gasol. He's going to be playing EuroLeague ball with FC Barcelona. He signed with his home country in Spain. You think about that, Pal Gasol going overseas. He's probably still really, really good over there. Oh, I'd say so. Yeah, I don't say it to be smart. He could actually help out in the NBA, you know, maybe not be a a great player per se, but he would be a great just uh, Probably a lot less pressure. Uh, probably still pretty good money. Oh yeah. And if that's home, technically. Yeah, I saw somebody. Anyway. Com- I saw somebody commented on the article. Uh, they said, "Take your sorry ass brother with you. He's taking up space on the Lakers." Oh. <laughs> I had to laugh. Hey. Oh, oh God. Speaking um, of the Lakers, they are waving Quinn Cook. There's a lot of teams that are interested in Quinn Cook. Uh, the Lakers have decided to waive him, and now he will be available to pick up anywhere. So what did he do to LeBron? I don't know. I don't know what he did. He must have not liked Sprite or something. I mean, considering that they – well, are they looking at maybe having to bring somebody in? It would not shock me, Tim, if they bring in Boogie Cousins. Because, I mean, okay, Davis is out for at least four weeks. And yeah. that is a glaring hole in their lineup. And as we, they have not been on a roll. Yeah, as we have seen by what have they lost four, four in a row, I think, or three at least, uh, which I for know, them is. I know I called that Wizards loss the other night. <laughs> Barely, but they did lose. The Wizards. Uh, they've lost three in a row. Okay, but for the Lakers, three in a row is a lot. Um, they've lost three in a row, four out of their last five. I mean, and let's be honest. I mean, and they, the one team they beat, Minnesota. Well, of course, but you know, absolutely couldn't beat it. I mean, Minnesota has uh, tied our hands. I mean, the government is trying to get the Timberwolves to start uh, adopting kids. Might as well. They don't beat uh, anybody. Phoenix Suns are waving Damon Jones. It's another player. The a lot of centers getting waved uh, right now. Any relation to Pac-Man? Not that I know of. Uh, Here's a couple of all-star snubs we left out that some people are saying should have been uh, considered. Tobias Harris, DeMar DeRozan, uh, you know, Trey Young was there, Devin Booker, but, you know, there was was some talk of them also being on the team. I saw some Jeremy Grant love as well. So those are a few there in case you you didn't. John Morant didn't make it either, which I thought was a a crying Mm -hmm. shame. The Cavaliers are signing Broderick Thomas to a two-way contract as well. Some news there. Uh, Two NBA players have tested positive for coronavirus out of the 455 that were tested last week. More than acceptable. 
Yeah, I think you can handle that in in this kind of environment. Now well, that's what one. That's not even a half a percent. Yeah. So yeah, let's you, you, uh, let's, let's dive into this story because I'm, I'm I know you'll probably have plenty to say, and I know I will. Um, NBA Minnesota Timberwolves have a new head coach. <laughs> They fired Ryan Saunders, son of Flip Saunders, who passed away. This was Ryan Saunders' dream job. This was what he wanted. He just was not getting the job done. He was not very good. And I hate to say that. I, I, I like he always seemed like a nice guy, but Coach Saunders, it just it was not working there in Minnesota. Then they immediately, like I'm talking like quickly hired uh, Toronto Raptors assistant coach Chris Finch as their new head coach. They hired him in a hurry. Right, which is what I don't like about it. Um, Now, I suppose technically that's probably not breaking any rules. But it's a, to me anyway, think what you will. To me, it's a garbage move from an organization to uh, we're scheming behind your back. We've already basically got your replacement lined up. Then well, we dropped the that hand. was the guy the owner wanted years ago anyway. He was just kind of, he kind of inherited. Okay, that's all fine, but then it's still, it's not a classy move. No, it's not. Is all I'm saying. Um, I would say I'm surprised that the Raptors said it was okay. Yeah, they did. They were they were cool with it. I, I have to wonder, do you think there's a favor down the road coming back their direction? Possibly. Or very possible. Can't rule that out. Don't know what it would be. But that what I wanted that was what I wanted to talk about is because the coaches association is thinking about filing a grievance against Minnesota. Yeah, I saw that. I saw there because was they a don't think that. the the uh, timeline of that is not acceptable. Saying we're not saying they don't have the right to, what were their exact words here? Um, we respect and understand an organization's right to hire and fire whoever they want whenever they choose to do it. But it is also our responsibility to point out when an organization fails to conduct a thorough and transparent search of candidates oh, from a wide range of diverse backgrounds. Have they broken an unwritten rule about minority hirings and that sort of stuff. The Rooney rule. (laughs) Well, I mean, pretty much every sport, they either have a rule or it's kind of an unwritten one that you better at least have a look at some candidates that don't fit the, or well, that are diverse. It doesn't really matter. They can be Latinos, blacks, whatever, but yeah, I mean, there is some, some rules about that. There absolutely is. Um, and you know, again, it comes down to if we're going to, I don't really want to go down this road here. Okay. Well, the Timberwolves, I'll tell this, their response from president of basketball operations, Gerson Rosas. I'm not sure. Yeah. If Gerson saying Rosas. That right? Okay. There were other candidates, minority candidates that we considered. Unfortunately, when you're in the middle of the season, you're really at the mercy of teams in terms of who is available and who's not and who you can talk to and who you cannot talk to. That's probably all true, but then I still respond with fire your coach if he's not doing the job and replace him. He not, was fine. Like, they literally had him replaced within like 30 minutes. Yeah, not that you have done it 
deceptively, I, like I gotta be, I gotta wonder if I'm, if I'm that the Toronto, if I'm Finch, I want to play for this. Do I want to coach for this team? <laughs> I don't know. It was almost like Minnesota did the whole thing where you break up with your boyfriend and then you're immediately dating someone else. Yeah, the reason I broke up with you is because I'd already found somebody else. Yeah, not, exactly. <laughs> not that it just wasn't working out no more. <laughs> Yeah, it's like, oh darn, this wasn't working. Oh no, I believe I, I believe they call that the Robin rule. Oh no, don't. Well, as in Robinson. Oh no, don't go there. Boo. Oh, I went. I went there. <laughs> so did a lot of other people, from what I hear. Well, anyway, that could be the tip. No, no, Tim never had that issue. Oh, that happened to me once. <laughs> I, I just think it's like, from an organizational standpoint, it's not a good look to uh no it's not to do that i agree i was kind of surprised like i'm laying down and then i see oh we fired our coach oh we got a new coach i, like, <laughs> I didn't have enough time to go piss you know oh, it's kind of, you know if you had if you had the notifications turned on it was ding and by the time you were done reading the first one it was ding again oh we've re- and, we, and we've replaced him imagine that yeah absolutely it kind of came out of nowhere for it, so I. I what, what's the? Uh, I mean, you being a fan of the franchise and all. Yes. What is the uh, logic behind not just uh, going? Okay, we don't want you here no more. Uh, we fire you. We put somebody who's already in the organization in as intern. They're not making the playoffs. None no, of that's happening. That's not, not happening. So the year is a write-off anyway. And why not take the time to have a real extensive search for whoever may become available further down the road? Because you don't know. There's always a slew of guys who get the hammer at the end of the year. I mean, look what happened last year. There was guys getting booted that were playoff teams that got fired. So I don't know. To me, it's it just it kind of screams bush league a little bit. Well, you know, I'm glad you mentioned that, Tim. What a segue. Fire up your your Twitter, my friend, and hide the the women and children. We're going to have some good times right now. You know what time it is, Tim? Uh, 6.44. It's time. Kick it. Bush Lee. That's right, it's Bush League. We are here and we are back. And man, oh man, do we have a good time for you. What are you doing? I was trying to get to the pause. I don't want to pause. I just saw when I went to Twitter. This is just, this is too good after me making the thing, the the quirk about Kyrie Irving. Go ahead. Kyrie Irving is demanding that the NBA change its logo. Oh, yeah. We, we're going to get to that. Oh, all right. I didn't see that. this. All right. Uh, here we go. But let's get through Bush League first. All, all right. right. Fair enough. I'll pretend. Uh, Bush I'm League. I'm not all editing right. this out, by the way. I'm just hoping you know that. That's why I said Bush League. Yeah, I'm all about Bush League. <laughs> Our first Bush League nominee. Are you ready, Tim? 
I'm not. Hold on. All right. As we wait I'm, for Tim, we want I'm to tell you. not moving too fast today. You know this. Um, yeah, bless your heart. Oh, oh, all right. All right. Our first nominee, Hamandayu Diallo from the Oklahoma City Thunder. Jamal Murray launches a half-court shot falling out of bounds, and Diallo jumps up at the rim and tips it. It would have counted had it went. They call goaltending. Oh, it wasn't going to go in, but Diallo touches it in the air like that. And that's an automatic goaltending call and three free points for Ugh. the Nuggets. Oh, bust out the dunce cap. Oh. Okay, you've got to know. A, you have to know the rule. B, that's that Kentucky not. Kentucky education, you know? I mean, that's not like I'm going up to protect this rebound. Look around you. There's no one anywhere near the basket. Yeah, everybody's like, what are you doing? Yeah, I got. Coach Cal said I could. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I'm just practicing my jumping. I I don't know what he's he's thinking. It's almost like he's jumping up and going, I'm going to slam this thing in. Oh wait a minute! We're on, I'm at the wrong end of the court. Of the court. And I don't know. What... If he hadn't attempted it, the ball, the ball didn't go in anyway. But even if he hadn't touched it, I don't think the ball was going to go in anyway. It doesn't look like it. So I, mean, I can... guess we'll never know now. But <laughs> uh, not as long as Diallo's around. Uh, a bonehead play for sure. But you know what else it was? That's Bush. Bush league. Yeah, it's Bush league. All right, our second nominee this week. This one goes to the Celtics and Raptors. The entire sequence. Cue the Benny Hill theme song here. As uh, Yeah, there they go. Off up for a layup. No good after the scrum. Coming back on the other end. Kimball Walker's got it. Kicks it over to Tatum. He's going to shoot the three. Rims out. How about a rebound? Raptors rebound. Up the court we go again. Dribble, dribble. Here's a pass. Nice look. And nobody home. No foul call. And here we go again, still running. How about a pass up and nothing there. And that, they clobbered that man. Another pass oh, up the court. Going up for the layup and nothing, no foul. And finally, <laughs> Coach Stevens calls a timeout. He I said, mean, hell with this. I mean, that was some beautiful passing. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and I, I have to say, I, have not, I don't know that I've ever seen finer posture in the league. But I, I don't think that right there looks like me and some friends at the local. Yeah, you know, like okay, either that or it's a like somebody, you know, it's a it's a work. And now it's a live look in at the Shinston Men's Over Forty <laughs> League. <laughs> that, sounds like, that sounds like that stupid thing off of uh, Family Guy where they're talking about the WNBA and you know at the half the score is twelve to nine. <laughs> wrong it's just it's, the score is 12 to 9 and robinson leads the comets with four points and that's why she commands seven thousand dollars a year oh, 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 oh man oh it gets worse i'm sure but i don't know if it gets much worse than this because Tim, you know, that was other. uh you know what it was that's bush league ah. yeah that was bush league really bad our final nominee uh, the referees from the Utah Hornets game as Donovan Mitchell, uh, 
that's not a travel, ladies and gentlemen. I want to know what he is. <laughs> Lord, he looks like he's two-stepping with himself. Foot, switches his pivot foot about three times, makes a three, and they count it. I'm like, come okay. on, man. Where is the, where's the whistle? Yeah, now why, why isn't somebody... How is that not reviewable? How does somebody not go, hold on a second? I feel like the whole the, the whole coaching staff for Charlotte was like, good Lord, he just changed his pivot foot three times. And you know what? I mean, he literally... Still not as bad as a travel as James Harden stepped back there. I said it. I mean, he literally goes like a good four feet backwards. He does. He's standing there on his pivot foot and then just pulls his pivot foot back and shoots. You can't do that. Almost moonwalks back behind the three-point line. basically did. I mean, that was really what it was. That's pretty ugly and, and... I don't blame him. And kudos to him because the refs didn't call it. Well, you know, play till you hear the whistle. Right? Yeah, I mean, so he got I don't blame. Him. Yeah, I don't blame him for it. But boy, the officiating crew, somebody better be getting a, a talking to. Well, uh, you know, I don't know. Players get fined. Maybe the officiating crews need a fine. Yeah, they need something there. But you know what it was? It was uh, that's bush league. All right, the return of Bush League this week, TM3. This is one of the better Bush Leagues I think we've ever had. These are three fantastic nominees. Classic to all of them, but I figure... I think on, any given, to... on any given week, these, any of these clips could have won. I mean, I think, though... Yeah, well, yeah, normally they would have been all winners, and there's no losers on Bush League. No, nothing, there isn't. Nothing but losers. But anyway, <laughs> uh, for me, it's the uh, Shinston Celtics versus the Grand Prairie Raptors up there. <laughs> Because I don't even think it would look that good, but uh, the results would be the same. Yeah, so congratulations to the Celtics and to the Raptors. This week's Bush League winners. And, uh, goes over. And you will uh, you will be sent your prize. It is a cassette tape of the best of bread. Yes, yeah, soft rock, yacht rock, the best of bread. Enjoy it, ladies and gentlemen. Slightly better than Emerson, Lake, and Palmer. Oh, bull hell. Emerson Lake and Palmer's awesome. Oh, God. You know, we'll talk about this later. <laughs> no, we won't. And I will not be quiet. I will not be silenced. I'm talking to the dogs. <laughs> but you know what time it is? Right now, we're going to go back here in a second, but we can't leave without this one. Kick it. <laughs> Bush, Bush Lee. Bush, Bush Lee. Lee. All right, two major stories to talk about. One in the NBA you alluded to already. Let's bring it up. Uh, the changing of the logo that Kyrie Irving is calling for. Uh, apparently, Kyrie Irving thinks the logo needs to be changed to Kobe Bryant. <sighs> yeah. Don't know. Not on board with that. Uh, you know... I'm not on board with it, not 
because it's Kobe Bryant. That's got nothing to do with it for me. First of all, it's always the NBA has never ever said. It's always been assumed or whatever that it's Jerry West, correct? Uh, yeah, it, it was always said Jerry West was the logo. But, but no, but the NBA's stance is that it's nobody. It's just a player. As far as I understand it. Yeah, or at least they've never admitted yeah, I mean, it. That's kind of been. All right. It so, says here, according to the designer, Alan Siegel, um, you know, of course, they, they've been, he says, um, for him, it was never announced that it was Jerry West. Like, that's kind of been what, no, it, what it is. So, uh, and- the NBA has never officially recognized, and it never will, the fact that West is the logo. But everybody knows it's him, it says. They said it got out that it was based off of Jerry West. Um, and they used him. So it, it is Jerry West, but it also is not. All right. So if that makes sense. What is the reason? Now, I know what Kyrie's reason is. But if you're going to change the logo, how about if they are going to change it? Let's change it to something where nobody feels like they're being slighted. If they're going to change the logo, why not just make it like a basketball? That's what I mean. So, I mean, is it, is it, okay, their argument, I, I believe, and I won't get into the politics of it, but that Jerry West is white and it should be a black guy. Okay, you might be able to make that argument. I mean, if, I, I'm not even going to go that route because well, I, mean, I, know, Kyrie, I know that's, that's what, what Kyrie, Kyrie is saying. But yeah, he also thinks all. the world is flat, so his opinion means dick all to I me. Mean, he did say in, in the story that he believes he said black kings built the NBA. Okay, well, and, and you know what? He, valid. I'll give him that. But I don't think the logo should be any player per se. That's what I'm saying. I think if you don't want, uh, if you're going to make the argument that it isn't representative or diverse enough or whatever, fine. No problem with that then make it something that cannot be taken in that direction at all. And that, like you said, a basketball. How or, can nothing. Any, or nothing. Or nothing. Or, Just replace the it, silhouette with the, the, the letters NBA. Yeah. There's, there's all kinds of ways. Like if you're offended by the logo, which I'm not really sure how you can be. But I don't if think you they're are, offended by it per se. I think they just want it updated. And I, I get they want to do it in memory of Kobe Bryant. And that's a nice thing to do. I think Kyrie Irving's just looking for the next soapbox he can stand on. That's my opinion. Uh, I got nothing against Kobe Bryant. Oh, me either. But I don't, you know, to me, if they want to single out Kobe Bryant some way, name an award after him. Retire the number 24 and, yeah. and, every, and the over yeah, the do, league. Yeah, do something like that. Because eventually what's going to happen is 40 years from now, or 50 years from now. We're going to want to change it to LeBron, or we're going yeah, to want to change it to Mike. Well, whoever, whoever the guy is at that time. Or if there's another tragedy and somebody dies, well, I don't understand why the hell is Kobe Bryant doing it? What the hell did he ever do? Because that's how it works, right? Everything goes in cycles, and as new fans replace old. I mean, the time is going to come. I probably won't live long enough to see it, but the time will come when LeBron James will be, oh, that guy wasn't any good. I mean, it's likely. I mean, I don't know. No, that time will come because whoever is the big star 60 years from now, 
will be the one that everybody saw. Nobody well, saw. I, think, I don't think it'll either. be LeBron isn't any good. I think it'll be well, LeBron oh, was good, but he's not this right. Guy. Okay, yeah, that he wasn't as good as whoever the the, the guy is at that time because that's just how that stuff works. Yeah. So you run the risk of if you if you want to change it, fine, but don't change it to appease a certain segment or whatever. Make it something that nobody can be offended by. Well, it's the only logo that I know of of the major sports here in America that actually had. Well, I guess you could say Major League Baseball has uh, a player on it, but I mean, baseball they're more worried about trying to get people to watch than who's on the logo. Um, I mean, I mean, my argument it would be this. Okay, so they don't like that the player is Jerry West, correct? It or seems least, to be. Or Kyrie doesn't. Let's let's be specific. Kyrie doesn't like that it's Jerry West. He thinks it should be a black guy, right? Uh, according to Kyrie, yes. Okay, so so in Kyrie's mind, the logo switches and the white guy, the white silhouette becomes a black one? Again, I, I don't know. I mean, that, that's... Uh, I just, Man, again, I, I just kind of wish... If it's going to cause this much drama and bullcrap, and it doesn't even matter... And Jerry West would tell you today, change it, please! I'm tired of it. I'm tired of dealing with it. I mean, Mark Mark Cuban, who I also, sorry, but I also think is a bit of a putz in some ways, he is on board. He says, I would, I'll would, i support that change. I think it's so much more than basketball. He brought so many people together. Okay, but I can probably make that argument about all kinds of guys. I say that about Jordan, Larry Bird. I mean, yeah, I mean, color I, like you know, white, black. It, it doesn't yeah, matter. that's a re- yeah, that's a re- yeah. I mean, that's irrelevant. So I can't. To me, that's just if for the NBA, and who knows what the NBA might do? <laughs> you know, God only knows. That to me is just stepping out of one fire and into another one. Again, it's it's their call, and if they make the decision, I'm not going to be mad if they change it. They, like it's not something to get mad about, but they're, it, they are they're not going to do it. I doubt I they will either. I don't think the league they've never acknowledged that it was Jerry West anyway. Well, I don't even think that's the reason. That might not even be the motivating factor behind it. Because what's the first thing that has to happen if we change it? Yeah, we got we got to change everything, and what that yeah. and that means it's going to cost money. And also, I think this is a slippery slope. If you decide to change the logo because, uh, you know, a couple players got together and said, well, we need to change the logo, you're on a slippery slope. Now they can start making more and more demands because, okay, they gave it on that. Let's give them, let's get this. If they want more, like, if we want to take Kyrie's argument at face value, which I don't know that I do, but let's say we do. Okay. Okay. um, All right. uh, Instead of the logo. Because to me, it's a pretty generic thing. If your argument is that because the silhouette is white, uh, boy, I, I don't know about that one. But all right, fair enough. There's ways you could change it and probably make it okay. But if you really, if it's really about Kobe Bryant, then come up with a come up with something for him. The league should, uh, and maybe they already have talked about it, or maybe they've even done it. For all I know, you know, the NBA has some kind of scholarships. They got his name on them. Um, there's uh, come up with a new award, you know, some kind of sportsmanship, whatever, whatever criteria you want to give it. Maybe making a. Do you, does anybody have a problem with making an award that's purely for black players? I mean, maybe not. 
I, I don't know, but I'm going. If, it, if it's about Kobe Bryant, then make it about Kobe. Because this, to me, is not really so much about Kobe Bryant as it is about something else that I don't want to talk about. Yeah. Okay. That, that yeah, to I'm me gonna, is really yeah, with that. Yeah, but to me, it's the push is we're going to use Kobe Bryant as a way to push this other agenda because you can't really throw any shade at Kobe Bryant because <laughs> the man is past and well i suppose you could throw shade at him but it would be pretty classless to do so yeah well no matter what it's a decision that's just kind of there i'm kind of hoping that that nothing is done but if they do decide to make a change then oh well so be it they've already had a i guess i mean again they had one of those change org petition things yeah okay i mean three million people signed it and they're going, well, look, see, three million people signed it. And I'm going, yeah, but there's 400-plus million people in the country. Three million people is nothing. That's yeah. not a, it's not a significant number to, to want to change something. Yeah. And the only, way the, NBA, the only way the NBA is changing that logo is if somebody comes up with a way that, you know what, we're going to make a whole lot boatload of money if we change this thing. Very true. Then, then you might see some movement, but until then, I see nothing happening. Well, one more story here before we get into our our guests that joined us here on the program. Uh, it's a little off topic in terms of you know the of basketball. It's been a very basketball heavy show. Um, Tiger Woods can't go without talking about this. The yeah car yeah. accident. What have you got the full up to date details on this? Event? From what I heard on the news uh, at work today, Tiger, there was no impairment of any kind. It was just an accident. Well, okay, we'll rephrase that. There was no signs of any impairment. Well, no signs of any impairment T- until until we see a blood test, which there will be one. Well, the the police, I guess, chief or or whatever, came out and said. This was just an accident. An accident's happen every day. There were no signs of impairment. Um, you know, he was conscious when when they got to him. Um, and, seem, and from all reports, anyway, seemed to be yeah, it was uh, fine, coherent, uh, lucid, and all of that. But they did figure that might have been attributed to the fact that he was probably in a great amount of shock probably. because he did because he did bust himself up pretty good. Yeah, uh, uh, apparently was on his way to shoot some TV for golf channel where he helps teach uh, celebrities how to play golf or things like that was on his way to meet with Drew Brees. I was going to say it was Drew Brees from what I read. Yeah. Um, and they, they had an early, early uh, shooting. And it was, it was a like couple o'clock in the morning. There was a couple there. of things I thought were, were not like, there's nothing here that's screaming out to me, something else going on. Yeah. I, I didn't, I didn't, from what I, I saw, it didn't seem like there's a lot of yeah, speculation. I, I, like I mean, there was some talk about, okay, he's fresh off of back surgeries and he's probably on some kind of meds and stuff. But, I mean, that's all speculation, so that's where we'll leave it. Um, I did, however, see where some crash investigation people are questioning the police report and what happened based on the, the condition of the vehicle. Because the story is is that it, it rolled over multiple times. Correct? Yes. 
Yes. Okay. Now, even I have looked at the pictures of that SUV. The front end looks like somebody went at it with a massive sledgehammer. And the roof well, is the roof is intact. Well, which, they did have to use the jaws of life to they get it did, out. But, I but don't know it, if that had any effect on the car. He did, uh, but th- like this guy's front. argument was that if, if this car rolled over two or three times at speed, which is the claim, yes, there should be some damage on the roof, and there isn't. Well, apparently so, they're supposed to check the, uh, there was a black box. Yeah, because it's a new vehicle, uh, what is it? It records all data for, I believe it's seven seconds before the airbags are deployed. Yeah, something like that. So they'll know how fast he was going and all yeah. that kind of stuff. I think it's, it, I'm going to go with one of two theories. My theories are is that he was either perhaps on the phone and got distracted or he fell asleep. Those are my two picks. Well, either or, I don't think there was any like, you know, all he yeah, was. Yeah, no, doing. I'm not. Yeah, no, I'm not going with that. He was, you know, intoxicated. He was, was just coming home from a bender, and yeah. yeah, yeah, no, I'm not going with any of that. I was very glad to hear that he was okay. I was also yeah, me glad, too. I was glad to hear that it was uh, nobody else was involved. That this, you know, that he didn't, you know, somebody there was no fatalities in another vehicle or anything like that. Um, from all reports, he's. Can, should consider himself awful lucky. Yeah. But what, he smashed his tibia and smashed his ankle? Oh, he, he destroyed his legs. Already, he had to have surgery. I think oh, can we, it's, they his, say that his golfing days are over. Well, he may golf, but he ain't never, he's like his never going to be. Yeah. Oh, I was reading, there was some comments on a couple of the sports pages where never count Tiger out. And I'm like, no, nah, I'm not saying he ain't going to walk again or that he won't swing a golf club. But he he was already falling behind. Yeah, from from the surgeries alone. Somebody did say, and I don't know what's your take on this. I thought this was kind of an interesting and kind of a strange take, but it sort of makes sense that because he's so stubborn, and because he's chasing the, that record. Yeah, you know he's he's done it several times where he's his back has gotten so bad he can't play. Yeah. And he has a surgery, and he rehabs it to the point where he thinks he can play again, and he goes back out and screws it up. Back too soon. And there was some arguments being made by a few doctors that I read that they said this is probably, as much as it is horrible that he was in an accident and got hurt, that it might be a good thing because he was headed to where he may not walk. Because he keeps getting surgery after surgery after surgery, and he's not letting himself heal up because he's trying to get back out there too soon. Yeah. Et cetera, et cetera. And with a back injury, particularly. Now, I don't know if you make the trade for smashed tibia and smashed ankle. Well, I mean, <laughs> it may help him in the long run, like you're saying here. So, I mean, I don't know. It's a wait and well, see kind now, of thing. Well, now, their argument was this is that, okay, with this injury, he is definitely on the shelf for quite a while. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. And while he's on the shelf, he's not going to be able to golf, which means his back is actually going to get six months of rest. Yeah. Which that might help. Be, which might be the best thing that ever happened to him. Well, we'll see. So uh, we'll see what happens with Tiger as it progresses. Hopefully, I he's mean, okay. I got yeah, I got nothing bad to say about Tiger Woods. Uh, his personal life to me is irrelevant. I don't care. Yeah. Um, he's been nothing but an ambassador for the game of golf. From all reports, he's a pretty good dude. One of the greatest. And so I don't. Yeah, no, I don't want to see that. God, I don't want to see that to people happen to people I don't like. Yeah, 
And I, yeah, no, uh, you can say what you want about Tagger, but I, he's uh, okay in my book. Yeah. I'll tell you what, we're going to take our first time out and we're actually going to go into our guests here on the show. We'll hear from Scott Agnes. Uh, we'll be talking about the Indiana Pacers. And we're also going to hear some news on the Pistons with Rod Beard and also a little Michigan talk. Talk about Michigan basketball. So and how uh, great and how great they are. Well, I mean, they're pretty good. But uh, we talked a little about that, so stick around and listen to those conversations. Rod Beard, Scott Agnes, right after this, from our wonderful sponsors, Law Offices of Stephen P. New. We'll be back here right after this. Personal injury, product liability, workplace accidents, mesothelioma law, social security disability, unfair insurance practices, family law, employment discrimination, and more. All this can be handled at New Law Office with Stephen P. New. It's New Law Office with Stephen P. New. You can get your free consultation today by calling 1-800-208-9169 or 304-362-7345 for your free consultation. A new level of personal service, whether you've been injured or facing divorce or experiencing workplace discrimination, you can rely on compassionate, thorough representation from New Law Office. Be sure to contact Stephen P. New Law Office at newlawoffice.com or again, get your free consultation at 1-800-203-9169. Stephen P. New, answers to your legal questions. Are you tired of the same old average everyday lifestyle and the same old job that has you making less money than what you know you're worth? Well, you should head on over to stripcamfun.com. On Strip Cam Fun, there are tons of eligible men and women waiting to perform for you, and you can join in on the fun yourself. Just head on over at stripcamfun.com where you can strip on cam and have some fun. If you get there right now, you'll get to see some of the most beautiful women, men, and whatever else your heart desires, and you can take advantage of the good times being had on stripcamfun.com. Make sure you get there right now and let them know that Wide Men Can't Jump brought you over. Because stripcamfun.com is not just for everyone. Must be 18 years of older to join in on the good times. Strip Cam Fun, be sure to visit right now. It's stripcamfun.com where you can strip on camp and have some fun. Back with us on the show is Patriots reporter at Fieldhouse Files. Uh, and that is Scott Agnes. Scott, thanks again for jumping on. And I know you do a lot of play-by-play announcing. You work for the ICS Sports Network. But, uh, again, always good to have you on the show to talk some Indiana Pacers. Yeah, thanks for having me on. So much going on right now. Oh, there really is. And uh, I want to start at the top here with uh, the BS that I'm calling it, that uh, DeMontis Sabonis is not an all-star. Can we start there? Sure. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. It's a tough. It's a tough Eastern Conference field especially. But based on who was selected and who wasn't, I, I think Sabonis is more deserving than at least a couple of individuals on the team. Oh, we can call them out. We can say uh, Nikola Vucevic and Ben Simmons, especially Ben Simmons. Uh, this is my show, and I'll call spade a spade. Um, I thought Vucevic had a good has had a good run too. Don't get me wrong; he he probably would deserve a spot. But Ben Simmons, what are we talking? Get out of here with that crap. Uh, there's no way Simmons deserves a spot over Sabonis or Trey Young, in my opinion. Uh, but yeah, Sabonis should be an all-star. He's not. It's bullcrap. Um, what, what's your thoughts? 
Yeah, so first of all, you mentioned Trey Young. I, to me, he's not even in the conversation. So that's that's a secondary point. Now, in terms of Simmons, there's one point, number one, yeah, he's, he's a really good player. Um, how do you quantify stuff that's not just statistics? Because obviously with him shooting, it's not that big of a deal. Although I have been impressed um, with the way he, he's played this year. But especially mostly defensively. But yes, if you purely base it off the numbers, it makes zero sense because I just pulled it up. He's 16, 8 and 8. Yeah, Uh, not nearly the level of contributions. And on top of that, the one factor and this is a bigger point here is forget statistics, because even Vooch is close to Sabonis. Not not as good, but close. The bigger thing to me here, and I thought these coaches who made the votes for the reserves would get it is understanding the importance to the team, the value, how the offense, defense, and how the team suffers um, without the individual. And I can say for certain that if Sabonis has missed 10 games, like a couple players who got in there, um, the Pacers would certainly be under 500. I'm not sure that they'd have half as many wins, let's say, if he missed a significant point of the schedule because he is the central hub. He is the... The essential computer, the not the heart of the team, but he makes everything go. And so when you understand Sabonis' importance on top of his numbers, on top of the team success the yeah. Pacers have had, because I was actually a little bit surprised, too, you didn't mention Brown or Tatum, because they're not doing as well, talking about the Celtics as the Pacers. They got two players in there. So that's another argument that you could make. Yeah, I mean, that's also a very good point if you want to uh, go that route. It's almost like they're looking at points per game, but then it's like, oh, wait a minute. We got to get Ben Simmons in here somehow just because he <laughs> dated a Jenner or something. I don't know. I'm sick of Ben Simmons. I don't know if anybody could tell, but I'm sick of him. Um, learn how to shoot a mid, mid-range jump shot, pal, and we'll talk. All right, anyway, back to the Pacers. Uh, not that I could do any better, but, you know, just putting that out there. Here, Here's uh, the one thing let me say about this. Um, I, I, I would say generally Domas is probably quite pleased. He doesn't have to go because this is That's not true. a typical all-star experience. Um, you're going to go to Atlanta for maybe a day and a half and then fly home. So I don't know his plans. I would guess he's going to go back home to Los Angeles where he spends his offseason. Well, that totally botches what he's trying to do. The negative side of this, and I know we would all want it, is Domas has a, a million-dollar uh, incentive. incentive in there for him to make it. And on top of that, I think it's probably because of his dad, he has a greater understanding for a place in history, a place in the NBA long-term. It doesn't matter right now, but in 20 years, how will they look back? And what if he's a five-time all-star versus three-time all-star that changes people's perspectives of you uh, in the big picture. It does. It does. And he's a great player. He's going to have many more all-star seasons like this one. Unfortunately, he's just not going to get the nod this year. We'll talk more about him in just a minute. I do want to shift gears and talk about Malcolm Brogdon. 21 points per game, six and a half assists, almost five rebounds a game. He has really stepped up and played uh, since the trade that left Oladipo in Houston. Uh, Brogdon playing great basketball right now for the Pacers. And really, uh, I think he's finally turned into what the Pacers hoped he'd be when they traded or signed him. Uh, Would you agree with that? Yeah, I think so. I, the only thing negative I think I can say about what Malcolm has done in his what season and a half with the Pacers, and this was mostly last year, is not be healthy, not be available, because we've seen the kind of impact he's able to have 
when he's available and, and starting and being able to lead the team. I mean, him and Domas trade back and forth who leads the team in scoring. And one thing that was very beneficial to this last week, because Pacers have not played, uh, they've had six days between games. That's really helped Sabonis and Brogdon in particular, because before this, they were number two and three, I believe. Maybe it was one and three in minutes played amongst all players. I think Julius Randle was maybe split between them in second. So Domas was first, Randle maybe second, and Brogdon third. So those guys have been playing heavy minutes. Um, and, and it's something, though, they have not complained about. They were just fine with. But those guys pushing 36 minutes and carrying the um, bulk of the load still remains concerning for me, at least. Yeah, absolutely. And and speaking of, you know, I mentioned Oladipo. Let's talk about that trade. Um, Oladipo going to Houston. Do you like that move? Did you like the move the Pacers made there? Did you feel it wasn't working with Oladipo, or were you kind of surprised? The only thing to be surprised about was the timing, meaning that the Pacers were in the middle of a road trip. They were about an hour from boarding their flight to move on to Portland, um, and it wasn't approaching right the trade deadline or anything like that. The fact that they traded him did not surprise me. That's what I, I was even more surprised, actually, that he was still on the roster to start the season um, because it just I, I even wrote about it, I think, last spring about how if they don't come to an agreement for an extension, and I think the Pacers would have been willing, but it didn't make sense financially for Victor. If he thinks he can get a max or something close to it, he would be leaving too much on the table. So if that's his mindset and what he um, believes he's worth, I, I totally understand that. But I also thought maybe he should give serious consideration to stability especially considering the injury that he's had and has had to continue to overcome. I thought that might be a bigger motivating factor to say, hey, I got 110 guaranteed versus the shiny object of 130 million that maybe I can get if I played out last season and I played out this season. But to me, that trade made all kinds of sense. Um, like Kevin Pritchard told us, there's no way that, that the Nets are just going to offload a player of Karis LeVert's caliber for an expiring contract, which is the value of Victor Oladipo right now is mostly his expiring contract. So I thought the Pacers front office worked diligently to get themselves in that what was a two-team deal and expanded to a four-team deal. I thought it worked out nicely and showed exactly or executed exactly what you have to do when you work for the Pacers for another small market team because a guy like James Harden He's not going to say, I want to go to Indiana. Let's face facts, right? Yeah. So you go get that secondary guy that hasn't hit his all-star level yet, and you bank on him. That's what they did with Vic Sabonis, and now they hope to do with Karis LeVert. Well, Karis LeVert, uh, you know, you mentioned him there and brought him up. Have you heard anything on a timetable on him coming back? Um, do you know when he may come back or how long is yeah, he out? There's no timetable on this. That's something the Pacers have transitioned away from over the last couple of years is putting specific time. Hey, he's back in three to four weeks type thing. What they continue to say is reevaluated every day. I can tell you he's doing more and more in, in practice. No contact work, nothing where there's any kind of physicality. And that makes all kinds of sense because, you know, if he takes a elbow, uh, you know, if he's backing down a player and takes an elbow to his back, right, where, you know, the kidney yeah. That'd be incredibly painful because that certainly the scars not healed on top of um, uh, other stuff there. But what he is able to do here is, is shoot, is go through some drills, dribbling, rebounding for his teammates while they're shooting. So I got to believe he's in a much better spot than where he was four weeks ago. He had surgery four weeks ago on that um, 
and the mentality to go through that to suddenly at what 26 I think be diagnosed with cancer yeah try to figure that out and, and try to convert it into a blessing in disguise and hope that the the game that you're playing and is your income isn't taken away from you and then also keep in mind he co- he came to a new environment so he really doesn't know anybody here maybe he know he does know Laval Jordan the Butler basketball coach his former assistant at Michigan very well but outside of that, doesn't have a ton of friends right here in Indianapolis, grew up across the border in Ohio. That would be so bizarre in the middle of a pandemic to be uprooted. It'd be like me in Indianapolis going over to Kentucky and saying, go live. And I don't know anybody like <laughs> that would be very difficult on top of having this cancer. You'd be closer to me. I mean, you know me, but no, <laughs> I'm in West Virginia, though. But um, but no, it's uh crazy thing is he said that this trade actually saved his life which is kind of insane so in a way the Pacers kind of helped save Karis LeVert's life which I think that will endear him maybe a little more to the organization yeah that's 100% correct because the facts of that matter are he's never had any back issues that was the big question I asked him is had you ever gotten a recent MRI x-ray anything scanned or done to your back area that might have shown this or maybe you were cleared two months ago and it just popped up we don't exactly know though when um uh, this this kidney cancer developed maybe it was there for a year six months two months but he had played a, a dozen games for the brooklyn nets was feeling excellent had no trouble whatsoever was traded and the pacers doing their thorough physical um did an mri and a, a cat scan then did another mri after they they saw something and on those MRIs, I'm told it's it's obvious to to those that know and doctors. And so then they made that next plan of attack. And yeah, th- that was another thing I can tell you, too, that helped Victor Oladipo compartmentalize the trade because he, he was a little hurt that it was so sudden that he yeah. wasn't given a heads up. He found out uh, he said about three minutes, maybe before it went public. But he's a man of faith. He's a man uh, that is a deep thinker. Um, that's something especially that's developed over the last year. And he's sitting back and going, Hey, look, things weren't going great in Indiana. I probably wasn't going to finish the year. And I almost assuredly wasn't going to resign there, but I moved on and this guy's life was saved. This was, this was fate. This had to happen. And so he's embraced that. But now I feel bad. He's injured and is missing more time in, uh, Houston with a different injury. Yeah. It's almost like, um, just bad luck all the way around, but at least, you know, life was saved and we'll see Karis LeVert play again one day. He's such a talented player and I'm really looking forward to him being in the, uh, being there in that, uh, Indiana uniform. Cause I think he's going to be, uh, he's going to be a force there. And the Pacers miss him. Keep in mind, he's out and TJ Warren's only played four games. So the Pacers are fourth. And this is what I keep going back to. They're ahead of the Celtics, ahead of the Miami heat, I think ahead of the Raptors. And yeah. they haven't had two starters most of the year. So yeah. that, that's where you bring in Sabonis's case to go back to our starting point. Uh, team success doesn't override everything. But if all is equal, I think it certainly should should raise above. Because my thing is great players lead their team to wins. They can win on their own. They can win with talent around them. They can adapt to their situation. And Sabonis has shown he can do that. Yeah. How much of this early success here, you know, we've talked about we talked about how well the Pacers have done without two starters now. How much of this goes to the the head coach of the Pacers? Yeah, that that's a good fair question. Um I, I think a lot of it 
just in in or, or in a, in the way he's not gotten in the way. Um, because keep in mind, this is the same core from last year. So there was no new pieces just yet. Karis will be. Um, so much of it is they were able to pick up where they left off and be healthy in other positions. For instance, Malcolm, you know, suffered that injury and was out indefinitely last year. Victor returned and played some before he was traded. So I think a lot of it was just carrying on how they did, but then also bringing a new environment, a renewed sense um, to be around the facility. And I can't tell you how many different guys have have praised that on their own. We'll talk about how the season's going in our Zoom calls with the players. And they'll just suddenly bring up, hey, look, for example, the All-Star break, I was asking some of the guys. Miles Turner goes, yeah, I'm not looking actually forward to the break. I'm, I'm excited for our next few games because there's a renewed sense uh, to be around this facility and be with these guys that I'm having so much fun. We're midway, almost midway through the season. How often do you get that? Not very often. Yeah, you really don't hear that very often at all. Uh, and now you hear that from a team that's got to be somewhat, you know, encouraging, especially from, you know, coaching staff and, you know, especially as a fan and someone who covers them as well. That, that's got to be incredibly encouraging. Yeah, absolutely. You love when players are excited and in positive state of mind and are willing to help out and are having good times on the court because it usually ends up to be better experience for us and a better um, better interviews, which lead to better stories and podcasts and such for fans. Absolutely. Uh, you, you brought up Miles Turner. Let's talk about Miles Turner a little bit here. Um, I, I don't want to say he's regressed because I don't think he has regressed per se, yeah. but his numbers have went down. I think that's more of an emergence of Sabonis, not saying that Turner has gotten his regressed. I think he really is just figuring out his role a little bit better now. Would you agree? Hundred percent. Yeah, I, I don't get too caught up in Miles Turner's numbers. I would like um, at times to see him rebound more um, and turn it over less. But the big thing you have to keep in mind is so much of what Nate is asking of him specifically is to take care of his man on the rebound. So yeah. that may mean he not he doesn't get the rebound, but he played a big part in enabling his teammates to get it. So that's one thing I think is often lost by fans is if they don't see that happening, if they look and he has four rebounds, what are we doing here? You're a starting center. Well, it's not as simple as that because a lot of the Pacers rebounding woes has been on the guards more than it has um, on the bigs. I think I think Miles has done well, um, clearly a force to be reckoned with at the rim. Um, he He's a man on a mission a little bit trying to get. Um, and having to kind of run his own campaign, if you will, a little bit to be defensive player of the year or in a conversation for an all defensive team. And I think he's definitely in the conversation um, for all of that, just because of the level of impact he has at the rim and just block shots. There's so many opponents we'll see that come that the Pacers will play. And some some of them, usually the, the less experienced teams and such, will will kind of get gun shy and, sh- and run away from the rim and avoid that that opportunity to get swatted. Um, so he, he really impacts that game. But yeah, if, if you're wanting the numbers, if you're wanting 20 and 10, I, I think a couple of years ago, uh, it was important to come around on. That's not who miles is and won't be. Yeah. I, you know, miles Turner is a great player. I always thought he was. Um, so definitely not trying to knock him in any way. He, he's just doing different things now. And those things don't get highlighted in the stat sheet. Unfortunately. Um, I do want to bring up the holiday brothers, Aaron and Justin, uh, you guys are gonna have to find a way to, to trade for Drew now and, and just get all three of them. But uh, you know, these are two brothers that have stepped up. They play pretty solid minutes at the uh, the backup guard role. 
you know, what are their contributions to Indiana looking like as kind of maybe, you know, step in, maybe have to start here or there. Um, and then you got coming off the bench roles. What are their roles with the Pacers looking like so far this season? Yeah, with Justin, he was a priority, the priority to re-sign, and he did. And so it brought back the entire core for the Pacers. And he's just one of those players throughout the league that I just don't think gets enough praise because people get caught up in his numbers. They see, um, you know, just nothing that jumps out at you in terms of numbers. Look, you know, 12 points, four rebounds. So what, right? Yeah. That seems like an average guy. Well, no, you got to realize this guy, first of all, before this season in his 10-year career, had never had a multi-year contract. He had always played year to year. He has played for a half dozen different teams. For some reason, has just bounced around a little bit, not to his fault. Well, he's found a comfortable home here uh, in Indiana, playing alongside his baby brother. Justin's the oldest, Drew's the middle, and Aaron's about about, uh, I want to say, six years younger. So they never really played growing up. Some in the backyard, but at that point, I mean, picture Justin being a high schooler and Aaron in elementary. You're not That's not real basketball. So no, no. this is the first time they've really been able to play with each other. And so they're having fun, first of all. And then Justin's just indispensable. He's the, the Swiss Army knife. He can do a little bit of everything. And right now, in the absence of Karis LeVert and uh, TJ Warren, he's starting and playing a huge role. Um, Again, he's not getting those points because he's a fifth option. So he's doing whatever the team needs for him to do, Um, but indispensable in what he he contributes, his defense. He's the number one defender on this Pacers roster. Not bad for a guy who's, I don't know, probably paid like the eighth guy on the team, seventh guy. And then Aaron Holiday's just still developing. Um, He'll have stretches where where he'll have some incredible games, but he'll also then go quiet for a couple games or miss a lot of shots. And he's trying to get out of his own, own head shooting-wise and figures to, I think, be a backup point guard in this in this league for 10-plus years. Yeah, and, and not bad, honestly. And people say, well, a backup, that's not much. No, a backup guard in this league is incredibly important. It can't be understated, honestly. Um, he came out in the 2018 draft. If you get a guy that talented, the 23rd overall pick of Aaron Holiday, I think you take that and you run. Uh, that's good, a good deal there. I want to ask you on this team, because there's a lot of guys on this team that, that you could point out and pick. So I'm just going to let you be the guy to take the pick here. You know, we talk about Brogdon, Turner, you know, obviously Sabonis. Who's maybe an unsung hero on this team? A, a guy that doesn't get enough notice for what he does. I, I'll ask everybody this that comes on the show. I always like to hear, you know, who's the guy that nobody else is talking about, but if you watch the Pacers, and you do, you know, you watch every game, who's the guy that stands out that just doesn't get the press that he deserves? Yeah, I think being in Indiana, first of all, every player on the roster would probably tell you it's them. Yeah, uh, true. Very true. <laughs> just because... And, as we're recording this, the Pacers, surprisingly, the next two games for them are on national TV. And if I remember right, it's been rust. I'm a little rusty because we haven't had a game in six days, but I think they've had just one game on national TV leading up to this. So that tells you, I mean, I remember it seems like Zion's on national TV every other game. And where that matters is the viewpoint of national writers. It matters in the viewpoint of fans that they're not watching the Pacers on league pass. Let's admit that, right? They're not watching <laughs> the game tonight. Well, speak, speak for tonight. yourself. You know, sometimes I tune in, but <laughs> I'm, I'm talking about your casual. Oh, okay. Fan, okay. Right. Okay. That, okay. Where's Luca? Where's LeBron? 
Yeah. Where's Dwayne Wade? Dwayne Wade. I'm thinking about him because of yesterday. But uh, yeah. So to back to your question here, I, I would say one guy that pops off is TJ McConnell. Um, certainly in the regular season because he's indispensable. He's the guy that comes off the bench and provides that jolt of energy, provides a couple of good steals per game. Obviously, is not much of a scoring threat, but along with Sabonis, helps churn that offense, helps helps um, add a little fuel. Uh, to the fire and get it jump started a little bit. So I would throw him in that mix. Um, <laughs> here I go rattling off multiple guys. I think oh, it's all right. Not enough has been said about Jeremy Lamb. I wrote about him yesterday because it was one year from his injury. He returned after ten months uh, from surgery, eleven months from that injury, and is just having a a really good start to it. I mean, he's only played sixteen games, but. I think reached double figures in you know eighty percent of them, and has yeah. been important. He's already averaging twelve points a game, and just yeah, and it's been injured. important right now because of those two starters being out. He had jumped in the starting lineup, but then has, has now actually played better, and so has Doug. Whereas Doug starts McDermott and Lamb comes off the bench, so they found the spots that better fit their skill set and what they mean to the team. So all those guys I just mentioned are, I think, under the radar, and and most fans probably have no idea how much those guys have been contributing beyond the starters. Well, if they listen to this show, they know TJ McConnell is a, uh, a favorite on, uh, on this show. We love TJ McConnell. We loved him in Philly. We love him in Indiana, anywhere he goes. We're big fans of him because he just does things that nobody, like you know, you just brought up. He's a guy, he's a dog. He just does all the little things and does all those things that won't show up in a stat sheet. But if you don't have somebody doing them, then you're going to probably, you make them up short. It's just the way it is. Uh, last question for you, Scott, and then I'll let you go. And again, always thank you so much for your time here uh, on the program. But look, let's look at the Pacers now. The second half schedule hasn't come out yet that I've seen. Uh, maybe you've seen it. I haven't. It'll be out today at 3 p.m. Okay. Well, as we it's record, it very is, soon. Yes, it is not out yet, but it will be. Uh, the Pacers um, fourth in the in the East right now above a lot of teams that a lot of people picked in front of them. Some people didn't even have the Pacers making the playoffs this year, which I think is absurd. <laughs> uh, that always cracks me up preseason because they, they never do. Nothing. And it's just like, how can you not? <laughs> right. Because the statistic that I keep going back to is that they've made it 26 to 31 years. Yeah. So even if you don't know, you'd pick them making the playoffs because those are the odds. Yeah. But that shows what people know. Um, but what do you think? Where do you see the Pacers ceiling, uh, this season? Do you think they can get up even higher than the four seed or do you think maybe they'll slip a little bit and, you know, they they get the starters back. There'll probably, probably be some, uh, you know, getting used to having them back in the lineup, maybe some growing pains there. But in, in reality, what do you see as the ceiling for the Pacers? Yeah. So I don't see them moving up at all. You look above them, Philly, really good. Brooklyn, probably going to be number one. Um, here they're only a half game back. Milwaukee, really good, um, better than the Pacers, certainly. Um, so I can't put the Pacers above any of them. So I think it's important for these final 40 some games for the Pacers simply to just stand their ground. Now, Warren's going to be out significant amount of time, so he's probably not going to be back before May, is kind of what I'm thinking. Just a rough estimate there. But Karis. I'm expecting him back in about a month by mid-March. Maybe that second half of the season yeah. would be a good target point for him. So he would immediately give them a boost. And so if the Pacers can stay above Toronto and Boston, I think that's the real competition. Because after that, I think it's uh, the next tier of teams with the Knicks, the Bulls, the Hornets, 
I'm still surprised with what the Heat are, are doing. Um, they've had a lot of issues. Maybe they'll rise up a little bit. But, yeah, I, I think the Pacers should be very happy if they can finish in fourth and have home court advantage for the first time in a long while um, because their goal this year is just to get out of the first round. We know this is not a championship-contending roster, but they haven't got out of that first round since 2014, since Paul George. Uh, yeah. Or 26, yeah. Yeah, since Paul George uh, had been with the team. So that's number one priority that they have to overcome because it's kind of been embarrassing uh, right now that they had not moved past the first round since 2014. And for a while, until I think last year, it was interesting. Paul George was in the same boat. He had not advanced past the first round since leaving the Pacers. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's a good good way to look at it. And, and I think that uh, the Pacers are maybe one piece away when they get everybody healthy. And I love Karis LeVert, by the way. So a, a steal there for, for Indiana, in my opinion. I know Oladipo was well-loved, and I always said he can only play well when he's wearing a jersey that says Indiana. But um, we'll see how he does down in Houston. But again, Scott, thank you so much for your time. We really appreciate it, as always. And uh, go ahead and let our listeners know where they can keep up with you, follow you, listen, and read your work. I know you're a busy man just like me. Very well, yeah. Thanks for having me on, and I'll keep it quite simple. It's just Scott Agnes on all social media, and all my work is under the brand Fieldhouse Files. So the writing is fieldhousefiles.com, and the the podcast, excuse me, is the Fieldhouse Files podcast. So a couple really good ones the last couple I'd recommend. Donnie Walsh, longtime NBA executive. Ooh. Rick Fusen about NBA All-Star Week, and we talked about All-Stars. Remember, it was supposed to be in Indianapolis it uh, was. a couple weeks ago. So... We missed out on that, and now it's going to Atlanta in a very small form, and the Pacers aren't represented for the first time in a decade in any of the contestants. Um, so that's something I'll be writing coming up soon. Yeah, it's also bull crap, too. <laughs> uh, before you before you go, though, I do want to bring this up. Uh, you didn't get the All-Star game, but you're, uh, you're getting the NCAA tournament. How do you feel about that? Yeah, I love this. This is huge for our city. I live right downtown, right by the field house. So I plan to go to as many as games as I have time for and can can get into. Um, it's just perfect. This city is built for conventions. So it's many great built hotels. for basketball. Let's be honest. Yeah, but the the layout though, I mean, as much as I love that tagline, I agree. The downtown is made for the conventions, meaning everything can in the hotels that they're going to yeah. be staying in are connected by via skyway. Those could be blocked off if they want to limit who comes in and out, which they certainly are going to want to. You can go to restaurants without having without having to go outside. You can walk to the arenas, those sort of things. Yeah. And anyone that knows that the Indy Super Bowl was one of the best that's ever been put on, according to those who have attended the Super Bowl every single year. Um, All-Star was going to crush it. They always host the the final four every three or four years. So it's going to be a lot of fun. And I'm just happy, first of all, that it's back and that we will have a March Madness because I have friends at the NCAA. I know that without it, they're probably out of a job. They're probably yeah. on furlough once again. So I love what it means for that and as well as some of the bars and hotels because those people need help and we have basketball. So that's going to be awesome. Yeah. Well, again, Scott, thank you so much for jumping on and we'll talk to you again real soon. Okay. Very good. Thanks for having me. Thank you. Stay Classy Meats is your online meat market where you can get the best quality meat for competitive prices. Head on over to stayclassymeats.com and use the promo code WIDEMEN to save 10% on your order. That's right, if you head to stayclassymeats.com, you can save 10% on your order with promo code WIDEMEN, but that's not all. 
Not only will Stay Classy Meats give you 10% off, they're also throwing in a free pound of Montana grass-fed ground beef. Make sure you get over to stayclassymeats.com right now to check out their selection. Whether it be pork, ribs, chicken, steak, bison, ribeye, or any other type of meat that you desire, you can get it at stayclassymeats.com. They are high-quality meat that you will not want to miss out on. If you like to eat well and eat clean and eat some of the best quality product out there, Stay Classy Meats is for you. Again, head to stayclassymeats.com right now. If you're into comic books and collectibles, then you are going to want to check out Atomic Comics and Collectibles, LLC. They buy and sell comic books, action figures, pop fun codes, vintage video game system, vinyl records, and other collectibles. Retro and vintage collectibles are their specialty. They have fair and competitive pricing on all their items. Their prices will make you say, Oh my God! Currently, they run on Facebook, and they're in the process of getting their own storefront in Logan, West Virginia. Give their Facebook page a like and keep updated on new merchandise and announcements for Comic-Cons and store opening in your area. They do ship, but only within the United States at this time. Atomic Comics and Collectibles, LLC, where yesterday's memories are today's future. If you are looking for anything comic book or collectible-wise, you are going to want to do one thing. Assemble. And head over to Atomic Comics and Collectibles, LLC. Check out their Facebook page, Atomic Comics and Collectibles, LLC. Back on the show again is Pistons beat writer for the Detroit News, husband, father of three. I'm going to throw that in there because there's nothing better than being a dad, if you ask me. Rod Beard. Rod, thanks for being on the show again. Nothing better than that at all. And thanks for having me back on. I appreciate uh, it. Anytime, anytime. And uh, we're going to dive deep into the Detroit Pistons saga this season. And um, maybe not the the season the Pistons had hoped for, but... Um, so far, still not the worst team in the league. That honor belongs to my Wolves. So you got that going for you. But uh, nine wins so far this year. It's going to be, uh, as they call in the in the game, a rebuilding year for the Pistons. you agree with that? Oh, yeah. They, they said it from the very beginning that um, when they reached into the draft and got two additional first-round picks, everybody yeah. knew this was going to be a rebuild for them. And they got a second-round pick as well, Saban Lee, who's, who's starting to play a little bit better with all the injuries and things they have. So it's it's definitely a rebuilding year, but this is what you want to see is what your young guys have and if they can be good in the playing time that you give them and, and start to develop some of that NBA skill. Well, when you talk Pistons, the first name that comes to mind right off the bat with this current team is Blake Griffin. And we've heard the news, Blake Griffin uh, sidelined until they can figure out what his future is going to be in Detroit. Uh, have you heard anything? What's the news? Anything breaking so far with that? No, not so far. And I think this may go um, drag out a little bit until maybe even the trade deadline um, where he ends up having a buyout and then teams will be a little bit more um, energetic at trying to, to sign him. Uh, but at the $37 million he's due this year and the $39 million next year, there's not a team that's going to trade for that, and they can't aggregate the salary to kind of make that work either. So this is just going to be a waiting game. And again, getting that uh, salary off the books isn't as big a deal as getting these young guys some playing time and seeing what they can do. Yeah, and it kind of seemed like a mutual decision. Did, did Blake want to leave Detroit, or was that more of a, a call from management and the coaching staff? Well, I think it was both sides. I think they both kind of saw Blake wants to play for a contender, and he realizes yeah. he doesn't have very much time 
um, on that knee left where he could play at a, a even a reasonable level. So he wants to go somewhere where uh, he might have a chance to win a ring. And the Pistons want to give clear that starting spot in those playing minutes for a guy who can they can gauge and they can see what kind of future he's going to have. And so that was immediate that as soon as that happened, they kind of shifted things around and found some younger guys to put in those spots. So I think it's a mutual agreement, and they both are kind of looking out for each other. And the Pistons yeah. are are looking to do right by a veteran, the same way that they did with Derrick Rose a few weeks ago. Send him to, if not a contender, somewhere that he wants to go. And, and him wanting to play with Tom Thibodeau was the major force behind that trade, too. Yeah, he's one of the only players that likes playing for Tibbs. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> His knees might not like playing for yeah, Tibbs, so we'll see. Like, that's very true. Um, I do want to bring up, though something that happened a few weeks ago before we start looking at each individual player and talking about, you know, just what they can contribute. Uh, Clay Thompson really pissed me off a few weeks ago when he mm-hmm. was doing commentary talking about, I believe it was Roddy Magruder mm-hmm. and making the comment, like he's about to be out of the league. So I don't know what he's barking at. Uh, that to me, that's completely disrespectful to a guy who worked his tail off to, to be in the league and to play and was a very good player, and, and in my mind still is a good player. Uh, did you feel the same way about that? Because that actually really bugged me that he would say that on national TV. Yeah, and I wonder if that's more of something that he would say on the bench to other guys on the bench, but maybe not say on the air. And, and because he was the sideline commentator for that game, it just got a little spicier than it needed to. But it, it's it's – it's very unusual to see that level of sort of disrespect in yeah. in the open air. They don't even talk when we're in the room, the media's in the room, in the locker room. They don't even talk like that when they're talking about other guys while we're in there. They just there's this code that you just don't disrespect other players that way. And Rodney Magruder, not an all star. He's a, a good rotational piece and uh, a veteran guy that these Pistons are going to look to to help them out as they rebuild. But yeah, he just didn't deserve all of that from Clay Thompson. And then from Draymond Green, the same sort of way is, is that was just piling on at that point. Yeah, and it's okay to be scrappy. And, you know, if you want to say something in the heat of the moment, that's fine, you know, on the court or on the bench. But sure. Over the air like that was just completely disrespectful, and I'm surprised that there wasn't something said. If there was, I didn't see it. Um, it I just felt it was completely out of line for a man who's trying to just make a living for his family. Right, um, and, and, and again, everybody can't be a Clay Thompson-level no. all-star or a Draymond Green all-star. Some guys are just there, and, and there are more of those guys that are just playing on a, a two-way contract, a minimum contract, a couple of, cup of coffee in the league. Then there are all-stars that have that level of achievement that those guys have. So I, I think... Uh, to your point, I think it's just disrespectful to what a guy like Rodney Magruder is. is a, a blue-collar guy who just comes in and carries his lunch pail every day. Oh, yeah, and I I, I like what he does, too. I was actually, yeah. years ago in Miami, he's a great player, and mm-hmm. you know maybe maybe just hasn't doesn't have that same spark that he had then, but he, he's a solid player. Don't ever And if anybody's listening and you don't think Rodney Magruder's a solid player, go play him yeah. one-on-one and uh, film it for me. <laughs> All right, uh, let's talk about a guy who I thought would, would step up and have a bigger role, but just hasn't yet, and that's Siaku Dumbaya, uh, if I hope I'm pronouncing that right. Siaku uh, Dumbaya, it's, it's a toughie. It's, it's, tough it's not an easy me. one. Yeah. Oh, I'm a poor little white kid from West Virginia. I struggle. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, I got you. I got you. But, um, yeah, he only four points per game. Two and a half rebounds. He he really just I, I'm surprised he hasn't stepped up in a bigger role yet in the league. I know he's young. I know he's got some growing to do, but 
he's a good player, but he just hasn't reached that potential yet. What, what are your thoughts on him? Well, I think that's part and parcel of the Blake Griffin deal, too, is they want to get some more playing time for him. And playing at that power forward spot, they really want Jeremy Grant to be a power forward. And since Blake's been gone, that's where Grant has played for the most part. So that kind of opens up in a domino effect. That opens up minutes for Sekou to play a little bit more consistently because he was getting five minutes here, six or seven minutes there, maybe 10, 12 minutes. He wasn't getting a ton of time. They're looking for him to jump in and to play the backup power forward role. And he'll be able to do that with Blake out of the lineup and now with Jeremy Grant moving there. Hopefully they'll just be able to um, roll in with those two different groups and then just just give him minutes that he needs to try to develop from there. Yeah, and you brought up Jeremy Grant. He's absolutely killing it this season. 23.3 points per game, five and a half rebounds. I mean, just playing great right now for Detroit. I was really surprised when he left Denver, but he stepped into a nice role in, in Detroit, and he's arguably their best player right now. No, no, he absolutely is, and uh, he was in the consideration to be an all-star this year. And and that was what people had scratching their heads is is um, that why would you leave Denver in a role that you're comfortable in? But he wanted to come somewhere where he could be the number one option and develop himself as a player and, and really gamble on himself that, uh, yeah, you're going to be on a losing team that, that's going to start to grow and, and with a lot of new players and a lot of losses. But after that, you're going to be the number one option on a team that could be developing and could be vying for the playoffs in a year or two. So, I mean, that's what he's looking at. He gambled on himself and it's paying off. Yeah, it really is. I mean, he's playing great ball right now and he's really been tough to stop. Uh, another guy who I actually like, and I'm surprised that um, he hasn't been better, but he's playing pretty good now in Detroit is Josh Jackson. There's a number four overall pick coming out of Kansas. I believe he's number four uh, mm-hmm. coming out of Kansas. And really, I thought would be, I had predicted the year he came out, he's going to be rookie of the year. He was a good player in Kansas. I know when they played West Virginia, he used to get just drive me crazy because you know you you have a four point lead and here comes Josh Jackson for three and ah oh, crap. Uh, but Jackson is a a great player and he's really I think he's embraced this this chance maybe his last chance in Detroit. Yeah, and and he's from Detroit and grew up in Detroit, so it's a homecoming from him and he's got the support network around him with his family and and friends and people that he grew up with. But he knows how to draw that line now and say, hey, maybe these are people I shouldn't be hanging around. And if it's more family, then that's fine. But he's taken that opportunity by the horns and played very, very well off the bench. And he he started out in the starting lineup earlier in the season and they figured out as a a, a sixth man or seventh man coming off and, and getting some good defense from him, that's the better role for him. And he gets a ton of minutes in that second group. And he's really that scoring engine that um, he, he really tries to go after the big guys, get to the rack and score from there. Uh, he's been a good pickup for them. And, and Troy Weaver, the general manager, has had a couple of these reclamation projects um, and, and really trying to get guys who have an ax to grind and a chip on their shoulder and something to prove. And he's one of those guys. Yeah. And, and, you know, he was a guy who came out and I really thought, again, I thought he would be great and he just didn't live up to it. Maybe Phoenix wasn't right for him at the time. And, you know, but he's, he's bounced around and I'm glad he's finally found a spot that works for him. Uh, Another good wing you guys have DeLon Wright, uh, a guy who doesn't get a lot of press. Again, I think he's a solid player. Uh, A lot of people don't really talk about him enough. I think he, he's a piece that, that Detroit could use very well. I mean, he's averaging almost 11 points a game. Uh, five assists, so he's a good passer. I mean, a good two or, or three guy if you need him, probably more of the two guard, but I like DeLon right there. Uh, yeah, I, and 
They've, they've actually moved him to point guard uh, because they're oh, wow. the, the number one draft pick, Killian Hayes, uh, has a torn hip labrum. So he's going to be out for another probably month or so. So they actually moved the line to the point guard. He's played very well there in that starting role and uh, just giving them solid minutes and, and double digit points, some solid assists, even some rebounding. So it's been a switch for him, but he played under Dwayne Casey in Toronto also. So they have a familiarity. He understands the system and the offense. So when he comes in, he can give them very productive minutes. And like I said, he does a little bit of everything. And now he's out with a, um, a groin injury. So he's out for two weeks. So that's where they are with point guard. They're, they're number one pick. who was supposed to be their heir apparent. Now DeLon Wright is out. They're on their third point guard. And again, trading Derrick Rose, really you're on your fourth point guard from where you started yeah. the season. I mean, at this point, we may have to have Wayne Ellington handle the ball. <laughs> no, if, if if Wayne touches the ball, he's shooting for the most part. <laughs> he's he's not going to play around with the dribbling and passing. He wants to shoot every time. That's very true. That's uh, that's the Wayne Ellington way. He says, oh, I got the ball. I'm shooting. Yeah, there uh, you go. But 10 points per game out of Wayne Ellington this season. I mean, he's a veteran. He's been in the league quite a while. And, you know, the we played at North Carolina, a product there, and has been kind of a journeyman, but I mean, he's a kind of guy that you need to have around to help develop those young, those young pieces and, and get guys ready to get into their prime. I think Wayne, having a guy like Wayne Ellington is huge for the Detroit Pistons. Right. And it's just emulating what you're supposed to do as a pro. Those young guys come in and they see Wayne shoot 503 pointers and then come back and shoot another 503 pointers. And it just shows them the example that they need to, to do to be able to be good pros. And now he's moved into the starting lineup. And I think it, it's more to um, show him off and maybe be a trade piece somewhere down the line before the deadline. But even if it's not, then he's just a solid veteran to have in the lineup on a nightly basis. And when he was coming off the bench at the beginning of the season, he he was getting a couple of minutes at the ends of games. But then he'd just come in and just shoot and shoot and shoot, as Wayne does. And that productivity translated into a starting role that that he showed that he can be productive in that way. Yeah, if you're not if you're afraid to shoot, then you will be on the bench. Wayne Ellington You'll find never, a way to it. Oh, he he has never been afraid to shoot ever, uh, as long as I can remember. Uh, any more injuries in Detroit, though, Rod? You're going to have to suit up, I think. Yeah, and I, I've I've told Dwayne Casey anytime he needs me on a ten day contract, we can talk about it. I can uh, <laughs> I can I can clap and wave a towel with the best of them. <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. Uh, speaking of Dwayne Casey, this is a situation a little different for him. Uh, former coach of the year. Uh, not used to building like this. Like he's, he's been in rebuild mode, but I think this is kind of a total rebuild, not just a, yeah, we need to slap a couple pieces here and there. Uh, how do you think he's handling this rebuild? And now with Blake Griffin out the door, seemingly, how do you think uh, Dwayne Casey's handling this? Well, he said in the past couple of weeks that he, this isn't what he signed up for. This wasn't the, the initial thing. He thought he'd be contending um, mm-hmm. by now. Um, but certainly, you, 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 the checks are still coming. You still got to do. You still have a oh, job yeah. to do. And in his case, it's to seven million dollars a year. So he's not going anywhere. Uh, <laughs> and I think that the front office is still um, happy with what he does. And again, his beyond everything else, his major thing that he does is player development. So if he can't contend right now, he can help to develop some of these young guys. And again, they've got three first-round picks, a second-round pick, and a bunch of other young guys like Dennis Smith Jr. And we mentioned Josh Jackson. These are young guys. They're still not 25 years old yet. So there's still more building that he can do with them. And and this is the right place for those guys to be to really start to put those skills together. Yeah, absolutely. I I feel like uh, Dwayne Casey will really help develop 
uh, that squad there. It, it, when I look at the the lineup for the Pistons, there's a lot of players that a lot of people probably aren't going to recognize, especially some of their their second stringers. Who's a, who's a piece for Detroit that maybe you're looking at and saying, yeah, this is a guy that we need to pay attention to. That maybe like if you don't watch Detroit very often, like obviously you're going to hear about. Uh, the stars. Who's a guy that that we won't really hear much about, but somebody that you think deserves some praise? Well, it's it's two of their rookies. I, I'll give you two. Isaiah Stewart okay. was the uh, 16th pick, and uh, six foot nine, just kind of long arms and gangly. wasn't really thought that high of in the draft, but uh, he's come in and played really well off the bench. And just a hustle guy, just goes after every single rebound. You're not going to out hustle him. You're not going to outplay him. You think this is an easy rebound because it always is. He's going to be right there with a shoulder in your gut trying to get to that same ball. Um, so he, he's become a fan favorite in a really short time. The other one is Sadiq Bey, and he was the Eastern Conference Player of the Week. Uh, I think it was last week. He had 30 points against Boston. Just a, a complete shooter, good defender, uh, and, and he was the 19th pick in the draft. So these are guys that they... Out of the lottery, not guys that they thought that they'd be able to get to. But again, Troy Weaver trading into the first round to try to get some additional pieces to to help this rebuild. Yeah, and that's uh, that's very two very nice pieces there from what I've seen in Detroit. Um, you know, obviously this year, um, don't want to call it a lost cause uh, because you are developing your your young talent and getting them time, and that's more important than a lot of people will realize. But uh, this year, obviously not looking like a playoff team. Uh, what do you think they're missing now uh, in terms of like, okay, now that we've got these young pieces, what are we looking at in the draft next year? What, what's Detroit going to have an eye? Because it, it looks like they're going to have a top at least five pick, more than likely. What are they eyeballing? What are we looking for in the draft next year? It's just talent. It's just a star quality guy, a guy you give him the ball and he can score it from three. He can take it to the rack. He can do whatever you need to do. And with this draft being particularly strong at the top, that in the top five, you, you've got your choice. I mean, Kate Cunningham is, is probably the consensus number one guy that most people are pointing to. Yeah. So the only issue with that is that he's a point guard. And again, they just spent the number seven pick this year on a point guard. Um, so that could be an issue for them. Uh, but even if they don't end up with the number one pick, you got uh, Kaminga, Suggs, um, any number of other guys uh, that are right in that same one through five. And they can just use talent. They're not going to be picky about position and say, well, we don't want a point guard. If they get the number one pick, they're going to take Kate Cunningham. There's no mystery yeah. to any of that. Yeah, obviously. It's more of a just take who's the best available player and then deal with it later, right? Yeah, figure it out later. There you go. Yeah. Um, I do want to bring up, uh, you know, how would it be? I see you wearing the Michigan basketball shirt there. I know people at home can't see that, but I can see it. How would you like them to take somebody out of Michigan? See, maybe get a homegrown boy in there. Yeah, well, uh, you can look at a couple of guys. Isaiah Livers uh, is the uh, best player for Michigan, and Hunter Dickinson is a, a center, traditional center more so. And we're seeing now that that's sort of being played out of the NBA, that you don't see yeah. too many traditional centers. Even James Wiseman, who was the best center last year, um, is a guy who they're trying to figure out different ways for him to play on the perimeter a little bit more. So that's something that Dickinson would have to do. But it's always good to see. I mean, Chris Webber, later in his career, uh, came and played for the Pistons. Would have loved to have seen Jalen Rose at some point play uh, here with the Pistons too. So it's you want to see homegrown guys and, and have them succeed. But then you look at a guy like Josh Jackson who played high school ball here then yeah. went away and came back, and that's just as fulfilling the same way. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um... Well, we got we got a minute or two here. Let, let's actually let's let's if you don't mind, bring sure, up a sure. little college college basketball. 
Um, you know, Michigan really looking like a favorite right now in the in the scheme of things. Is they're playing really, really well at this point in time. You know, they beat Ohio State the other night. Mm-hmm. Uh, what I'm assuming you cover Michigan on top of the Pistons as well. Uh, what's your thoughts on on Michigan this year? I think it's tough for any team in college basketball because of the pandemic and because uh, the programs are getting shut down for a week here, a week there. Michigan was shut down for, I think, two or three weeks. So when you start up after you haven't played for a bit, anybody who plays basketball, even if you just play at your local gym, if you sit for three weeks and you don't play, when you go back that first time, you get aches and it pulls everywhere. Um, Shin splints. Shin splints. You got it. it. So uh, imagine what college players are going through when you don't. When you're in a routine of practicing every day and playing a couple of times a week and you're off for three weeks, that's why the the victories were, were so impressive. The Ohio State, um, and I think yeah. Wisconsin, they also beat coming right off of that. that well, playoff. I mean, it, I'm looking at their record. I'm looking at their list right now. They didn't play. They, they played Purdue on the 22nd of January. Then they didn't play again until um, Valentine's Day, the 14th. They beat Wisconsin coming yeah. back. Then they beat Rutgers, who's had a good year. Mm-hmm. Then they beat Ohio State. Now coming up, they've got Iowa, then Indiana, who's always pesky. Illinois, who just lost last night, but then two Michigan State games. And Michigan State's been on a roll these past couple of games as well. Yeah, and you can say throw out the records when they play Michigan State, but it, it's just Michigan has to stay the course now, and, and they're yeah. in line for a number one seed. Uh, and I think seeding is going to play um, not as big a role as it typically does because you don't have that home crowd. If everybody's going to be somewhere in Indiana, then uh, in that Indianapolis area, then you're just there and you just got to play through it. And so yeah. depth is going to play a big role, and Michigan has a lot of that. So I think they have a good shot, uh, but they still got to just be consistent throughout the rest of this season and, and get into the tournament and string some wins together. Uh, Ann Arbor to uh, Ann Arbor down to uh, Indianapolis isn't that far. So, no, no, no. But and they're used to it because they again they played in the Big Ten tournament in Indianapolis for a yeah. number of years, and so they're familiar with the surroundings there. Absolutely, and um, you know, friend, uh, my co-host is a big Michigan fan, so uh, he's I know he's been really happy about them this season. So that's really good. So I'm I'm looking forward to it because Michigan, uh, while they've been consistently one of the better teams, kind of quiet. You really haven't heard a lot about them. You know, I watch the sports, and it's just like Gonzaga this and. You know, you don't hear about you don't hear about Michigan, and that's a yeah. shame. They're very good. Yeah, it's a fun team to watch, um, and and they just have that energy that you need. But again, it, it's and that's the way they want it. Juwan Howard wants a, a situation where the the pressure isn't on them, and then you get in the tournament and you can surprise them. And again, if you think back to 2013 when they made the Final Four, that was a team that. Um, had made some noise throughout the season. I think they were ranked number one that year. And then a couple of years ago when they made the championship game, they were a little bit under the radar until they did that. So it's what Michigan does. Outside of the Fab Five, they they typically stay under the radar, and then they surprise teams in the tournament. Yeah, and they like to come down here to West Virginia and steal our coaches, John Beeline. <laughs> nah, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Beeline but, is my uh, favorite. That's my favorite. He, he is a very good coach, but uh, if you hadn't taken him, we wouldn't have got Bob Huggins. So we thank you for that. Yeah, uh, yeah. We Consolation love Huggy Hug, Hugs is good. Uh, we love Huggy Bear down here. And uh, they, you took Rich Rodriguez, too, that year. Well, uh, yeah, we, we need a receipt for that one. We yeah, that well, one that's what you get for taking Beeline. <laughs> <laughs> well, Rod, I appreciate all your time here on the show, as always. And it's always great to hear from you. I haven't talked to you in a while, so it's good to hear from you. And uh hope your your dog is okay back there. I heard it going crazy. But 
<laughs> no, it was somebody at the door. No, we're it's all good, and I, I hope you and your your family and friends are all good too. Oh, we're doing well. We're doing well. It's always good to hear from you, and I uh, want you to let our listeners know where they can keep up with you, find you, and follow your work because you do great work. Uh, it's at DetroitNews.com, and on Twitter, uh, which is where I'm most active, it's at DET News Rod Beard. That's right. And if you try to find Rod on Skype, good luck. He's got multiple accounts to throw people <laughs> off. <laughs> well, Rod, thank you again for jumping on, and I'll be in touch with you real soon. It's always good to hear from you. Anytime. I appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thanks again to our wonderful sponsors, the Law Offices of Stephen P. New at newlawoffice.com, Strip Cam Fun, Atomic Comics and Collectibles, LLC, and, of course, Stay Classy Meets for all of their support here on the show. And, Tim... Man, hard to believe that's going to do it for us here tonight, man. Quick, It felt like it went by so quick. Did you know, Nathan, that I hate to bring this up, but I'm going to. Well, bring it up. Because my hatred of this team is immense. Duke, yes. Univer- Duke University has won three games in a row. That they have. And has climbed up to number 48. How about them, right? Well, the argument it was an, it, there's a, some really interesting stuff going on in, in college basketball, and it would take three hours to dissect it all. But the, the c- tournament committee this year is under a boatload mm-hmm. of pressure. Oh yeah, a boatload of pressure compared to any other year because there is some huge programs who are on the bubble or worse. And they're going to have to, if they put some of them in, they're going to have to try to come up with some logic as to why they did so. (laughs) And it ain't going to be easy. No, it is not. But I'm looking forward to it. We're not far off from March Madness. It's right around the corner. And uh, if I know Tim and I, hopefully, uh, with the way we do things, we will probably probably be reviewing after every... uh, I don't we, say we, every we, night, but well, we might have to have like the first the first couple of days. It's it's worth it doing is. a wrap up at the end of the day because so much yeah, stuff goes on. It is, it is. Then we, you can kind of have, have a, to bring that back. We you know obviously we didn't get to do it last year, but it's always something we do is do a few wrap up shows here and there. It's always I mean, a good there time. Is, uh, there is an official wide men podcasting record set by myself and Tom Robinson when I said Nathan Seven Bush days went on, in a row. When I said Nathan Bush went on vacation, I can't even remember where you went. I uh, was that I was went to the Bahamas. Oh yes, that's right. You went on a cruise. That's correct. Did, now that I you did. say that now I recall that. But yeah, because yeah, I remember I didn't have a service and came back to shore and my <laughs> podcasting uh app just blew up. I was like, oh, man, what did I miss? And I see wide men can't jump, wide men can't jump, wide men can't jump. I'm like, oh, my God, what did these two do while I was gone? Tom had a rat phobia going on. (laughs) (laughs) And it was therapeutic. What a time to be alive it was. Oh, yes. But that's going to do it for us tonight, Tim. So uh, anything you you want to say before we jump on out of here? In most of the world, PC means politically correct, but for us it means (laughs) pre-coat. Pre-coat. We got BC, too, before coat. Yeah, before coat and after coat. Maybe we should go with that. (laughs) Uh, Uh, I don't have a whole lot to say for uh, for your betting needs, Nathan. Be aware that the uh, Montreal Canadiens, the most winningest franchise in NHL history, by the way, Stanley, <laughs> Cup, Stanley Cups. Yeah, well, no, it's a fact. It's a fact. I don't like them, but still true. 
<laughs> out of the blue today, it's the huge news in Canada. Out of the blue, they fired their coach, all their assistant coaches, and said, have a nice day. And well, there not, you go. Yeah, but they're not doing that badly. That's what nobody can figure out. Hmm. Sometimes all it takes is just uh, taking out the trash, as they would say. Well, it, I, you know, professional sports, a lot of it is not even necessarily results anymore. Somebody on the team who's a big wig who we just signed to a 10-year contract, and we can't get rid of them. No. But but we can certainly get rid of the coach if he doesn't like him. So I'm not saying oh, very that's what's true. going on there, but... Something's going on because that's weird. It's one thing to fire your coach. It's another thing to fire your coach and all your assistants. And then kind of a la Minnesota Timberwolves, a day and a half, (laughs) a day later, you have an entire new staff. At least they waited a day. They didn't even wait a day. Well, see, in Montreal, (laughs) Montreal has always got the built-in help factor because they can immediately eliminate anyone who doesn't speak French. That's true. And they do. You can't, you won't ever, there's never been a head coach of that team that couldn't at least converse a little bit about hockey with the reporters in French. So that, so that makes this, well, it does make the search quite a bit smaller. Yeah, it does. Well, on that note, Tim, let's call it an evening. This is our 170th episode. The March for 200 continues. So when we hit 200, that's the, uh, Angie rings show. God, I hope not. Well, she's got 200 rings, right? (laughs) Feels like it. Although she's got 200, that means you have what you would have then, which is a significant amount. Well, we won't get to that, but all right, that's going to do it for us. Hope everybody enjoyed the show. We'll be back next week. Same bat time, same bat channel. Yeah. And hopefully I'll be a little more engaged. Ah, you did fine. I didn't feel fine. All right, everyone. We'll see you next week. Au revoir. Don't get French on me. Bonjour, Nathan. Fuck you, Tim Dombrova. It's not how it works. Thanks for listening to Wide Men Can't Jump on the Wide Men Radio Network, located at anchor.fm slash WMCJ. Check us out there and download our podcast directly from Anchor or subscribe on one of the many platforms where we're located, including iTunes, Spotify, and more. Thanks to our great sponsors for making this program possible, New Taylor & Associates at newlawoffice.com, Atomic Comics and Collectibles, LLC, located at facebook.com slash Atomic Comics and Collectibles, LLC, Strip Cam Fun at stripcamfun.com, as well as Stay Classy Meats, located at stayclassymeats.com. Use our promo code WIDEMEN and save 10% on your order. We hope you enjoyed this edition of Sports Talk with Nate and Tim, and we hope you come back and join us again for our next episode at the same spot you found it last time. Thanks again to the wonderful Horseburner for providing our intro song, as well as all the other content they bring out. Check them out on YouTube, iTunes, Apple Music, and Spotify. Thanks again for listening to Wide Men Can't Jump. We hope to see you back next time. For Tim, this is Nate saying so long for now, and we'll see you again on the next edition of Wide Men Can't Jump.